0: All right. And we are back. Episode thirty two. Yeah. Uh I'm Al at home, you're Matt at home, and this is the Mam's podcast. Uh man. Okay. <laughs> what a week.
1: What a, um, week. what a week. What a week. What a week. Uh
0: I will say a lot a lot of clarity. Things are things are much clearer this week than they were last. Um, We usually just go over our hot takes So um, I think I'm going to start this week
1: Yeah, go for it
0: Hot take number one The Mavs have the worst roster In the league
1: (laughs) Wow And we are
0: And I feel very confident About us having the worst record in the league
1: Okay, now let's clarify. By worst roster in the league, do you mean just overall the pieces don't fit together or this is just a bad, yeah, just like I, bad players?
0: Uh, I don't think bad players because I still like a lot of the players. It's more just a, if there was an imaginary metric to measure talent, we would lose.
1: I think that I think that metric is called wins and losses. So right now, it's <laughs> Not of, always,
0: but yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, I think um, no other team in the league would trade rosters with us. How about that?
1: <laughs> Not one. Uh, I think that's. Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. Would the what about like the Chicago Bowl?
0: Ooh, that's a good counter.
1: Okay. I would say
0: I would put the Bulls below us. I would, yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Okay. Give me another one. New Jersey has a better roster actually right now.
1: I mean, yeah, Um, they've got D'Angelo Russell. I think Hollis Jefferson's pretty good. Um, Who else is is doing uh, that? Mari Carroll. Uh, I mean, at best, you could say the Nets are kind of a wash.
0: You know, yeah, necessarily, I, I like, I like yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. more than uh, D'Angelo Russell, but yeah. they're probably a tie with us for just a meh roster. Um, I still, don't get me wrong, I still like Seth Curry. I still like Harrison Barnes. But as it stands right now, like just weighing in difference makers, guys that could take over the game, um Yeah, it's it's just not a lot of talent there.
1: Well, uh, and I think a year ago, the Mavericks got off to a bad start, and Dirk was hurt, and a lot of people just chalked it up to, well, Dirk not being in there, and, you know, but I, I doubt from what we saw when he did come back that Dirk was necessarily going to make a huge difference a year ago. But I found myself watching the games in the last week, and really so far this year, where I'm watching us on offense and just wondering, how are we going to score? And, and that's really, I think, where the Mavericks struggle. I mean, we're not good defensively, but it's yeah. almost like we've kind of never been good defensively, so I don't even necessarily look to that to be a strength. But generally, offensively, we this, this franchise has always been pretty strong. And now yeah. I look out there, and I'm just like, I don't know how we're going to score. And the games where we've kind of contended, like when we we rallied against, uh, you know, the Grizzlies Memphis, last week. Yeah. And, yeah, or even and we, uh, we
0: had that second quarter against Golden State. That was exciting.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it is like kind of one guy gets hot, you know, like Monday yeah, night we jumped, we jumped on Utah. Yeah. And it was like, Berea just had one of those quarters where he's hitting a bunch of shots. And it's like, all right, hey, we're in this. But it's like, well, not really. Because, is not going to score 60 points, you know, like he's not going to keep doing that throughout the whole game, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I struggle. I feel like that's the struggle of this team. Now, the difference between last season and this season is Dennis Smith Jr. And I think what you're seeing from him, he penetrates a lot. And what I think we're going to see as the season goes on is he's going to get better and better at, finishing and decision-making and just creating offense for us off that penetration. So I think if there's a silver lining to your point about, wow, this is kind of a bad roster, is I think as Dennis Smith Jr. develops and gets used used to the NBA, we're going to see things improve a little bit, at least on the offensive end.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, again, I'm just adding clarity for the fan base. Like, this is just this is just a reality coming into focus. And, um, you know, there's there's no borderline eighth seed. There's no, I mean, we are bottom five for sure, guaranteed. And so, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. It,
1: there's no game that I look at that I'm like, well, that's a win, you yeah. know? And yeah, I kind of thought that about Atlanta opening night. Yeah. And then Dennis Schroeder just destroyed us, and yeah. we ended up losing that one. And, you know, the Mavericks are competitive, you know, against Philadelphia. You know, obviously that game came down to the last couple seconds. Yeah, but yeah, sure. But when you look at those teams, it's like, I mean, Ben Simmons is so good, and Joel Embiid is so good. And you see that even though that game was close, those two franchises are in very different places.
0: Well, and I tell you, you know, for if there was like a, a bottom five season, the genius of the roster construction is for the most part, you like the players, you know, like uh, I enjoy watching JJ Barea go off. I enjoy watching Harrison Barnes is a complete robot, but you know, he's, you could see him refining his game. You, his free throws are up. He's, he's working on his game. Dennis McF- juniors working on his game. Seth Curry is very likable. So, generally with a bottom 5 team, you are looking at guys that aren't going to be there next year. But um I feel like with this roster, it's like we have we have a lot of good. We would be like a couple pieces away if we had a number 1 and a number 2 scorer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so, and, so far away from yeah.
0: being a good okay. team. But but I think Harrison Barnes, we could see him as a great number three. Yeah. Uh, we could see Dennis Smith be, becoming a one or two. He's just not there yet, like maybe right, in two years. Right. Yeah. And uh, then the pick we get this year, if we nail it, there's your hopefully, you know, number one or number two of the future. So that's my perspective on that.
1: I, I actually agree with you is that right now the team is, is pretty far off, but if we take advantage of whatever pick we get next year, and, and I don't know all the guys that are coming through and we can tell you who's in the draft, but, you know, if there is a superstar in that mix and, you know, if, if they come to the Mavericks, then then it's like you're a couple years away from, okay, you can start to be that emerging team. You know, right along the time that some teams are starting to drop back off. Which I think was the intent, you know, when when Donnie and and Mark Cuban sort of, I mean, going into this season, I don't want to say they intended it five years ago. I don't don't think that was the plan at all.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I I think um, that's why I say it for clarity. I don't say it out of uh, depression in any way. I think it, it just is what it is. It's coming into focus which uh kind of leads me to hot take number two. I'm just jumping in with my own takes this week. Yeah,
1: yeah, go for it. Um, right.
0: The New Orleans-Noel situation, I think, is becoming uh, much more clear. Um, I think uh, I've thought of a couple parallels to this. There is a roddy Beauvoir type parallel going on here where everybody wants him to play. Everybody thinks he's really good, and his play, not his contract situation, which we hypothesized, but his play annoys the piss out of Rick Carlisle, and um, it, it was—it's really noted. Locked on Mavs podcast had a great—they uh, pinpointed this really clearly the other day when uh, Rick Carlisle was asked, really simply, "Have can you remember somebody as fluid, you know, as Joel Embiid that's just so big and then?" Could shoot threes so effortlessly, you know? And instead of making some old school comparison to whomever, you know, he just said, Well, Nerlands thinks he can. <laughs> 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 unprompted, unprompted. And that, that right there, um, and then that was coming off the game where, you know, Nerlands played like 20 minutes. And had like four points, four rebounds, which essentially is a dud game because that's for 20 minutes. Uh, I mean, that's, that's stuff we ride Dwight Powell about. And, and you know, right, right. New Orleans has produced. And you know what? If you look at the sample size, he's consistently getting 20 plus minutes and he's either, he's not been the 10 and 10 player. Really, we thought he was going to be like 14 and. 12, you know, a solid, solid uh, double-double every night. He's been really inconsistent, and um, it's starting to look like he's over-the-top delusional for turning down that $70 million contract because I don't see a scenario where he gets that from anybody if this continues, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this has worked out really well for the Mavericks because they get a long look at him at this $4.1 million figure. And now, I mean, it's up to him to perform if he wants to get a contract even worth $12 million a year right now. I mean, and I don't think yeah. that, I, I don't know, if that might be out there, because $12 million these days in the NBA is not a lot of money, but... Yeah. It's, uh, it's been really disappointing because I think when they made the trade, we were pretty excited as far as, Hey, he can come in here. He could develop.
0: Yeah. We were over the top excited. We just stole a cornerstone piece for our future. And, you know, right now I'm not feeling it. It feels like he's gone after this year. It feels like he's not worth it anyways. And, um, the funnier part about it is uh it almost appears like another great Mavericks free agency move was a non-move that happened. Does that make sense? Like you think about yeah. the, the Dwight Howard, Darren Williams signings that never were. And now the uh, <laughs> the, uh New Orleans Noel, you know, debacle is playing into their favor. But, you know, if, If they were the maestros of their free agency, they might be looking at their roster being like, what the heck did we just do signing this guy for $70
1: million, you know? Yeah, I mean, if they were locked into him for for four years, and again, I'm not saying that I wouldn't welcome him back next season, but it would have to be at the right number that I would be excited about the Mavs still having Nerland so well. They may have to figure out something because I don't know who plays center for you otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well,
0: and on the flip side, I don't think what I feel like what Ner, Nerlens is also showing us is, uh, he's not the type of player to react well to Rick's hard coaching. It just doesn't yeah. seem like it's, it's playing out well personality wise and, um, I don't know. And, and you know, the way the roster's looking, I like the fact that we have max room coming into the summer, but then you got to think about who's, who wants to come to join this roster. It's going to be an interesting, like would Boogie Cousins take a max deal from us or max, you know, maybe a sign and trade for Otto Porter to the Wizards? He would take the Wizards in a second, you know? Yeah. And so it, no it, I, I'm not. I almost don't even want to talk free agency because I feel like it's going to end up being a – we'll probably sign somebody, but um, I just can't see a marquee name coming here. Uh, and then it's like, is he coming here just for money? That's I don't know if that's the kind of leader
1: I want on the team. So that's a tough call. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't think Cousins would – you know, if nobody else were to sign him, which I think a lot of people have concerns about Boogie Cousins being on their roster. Sure, um, I, I think there would be. You know, maybe we we just luck into him. And, and look, I would love to have him. I think he's, you know, a crazy talent, and you see what he's doing in New Orleans this season. I mean, he's he's always been awesome, but there's certainly some attitude issues there. And I think he could elevate the team, but it kind of depends on the development of. Dennis Smith Jr. And if we think, if if by the end of the year, you know, going back to your point about who would want to come here, I think he's really got to be pretty electrifying for it to kind of become a destination type thing where it's like, okay, I want want to
0: play with that guy next season. Well, because also, you know, look, end of season, if he's looking at Dallas or New Orleans at a max contract, he stays in New Orleans because he's I think he's really enjoyed playing with Anthony Davis and being a number two or one B, however you want to look at it because um, just so much less pressure. He's really close. I think he's from Mobile, Alabama originally. So he's really close to his hometown. And uh, why would you go to a team that's essentially a year further back and has a less developed potential superstar? as your teammate, you know?
1: Right. Right.
0: It just exactly. doesn't make sense. So I think right now we have to be looking at it. Like, you know, we're going to get another top piece. I think we're, we're going to get a top three pick. I feel good about that. Um, and I think there's, this is going to be a really strong draft. So there's, there's some exciting, there's a lot to be excited about, but until then, it's kind of a player development year.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, You know, they've been competitive in a couple games, and I think if you're a Mavericks fan, the thing you want to see is them pull out a couple of those games as the season goes on. You know, you want to see something from, you know, Dennis Smith and and Harrison Barnes. And when Seth Curry gets back, you want to see something from Seth Curry. And, again, just kind of some sort of core start to form. I think at this point, you know, one of my things coming into this week, I completely agree with your assessment, but the roster is not – great, and so now you've got to think about what can you get for, like, Wes Matthews, you know, as the season goes on, is, is he a tradable piece somewhere, right, right, and uh, some of these other guys, too, is, is is there something you can do, whether it is, you know, draft picks in some way, shape, or form, or, uh, or you know, a serviceable young player in, in some way that, that could come in and you know, just come in and start to develop with these other guys.
0: Yeah, I, I I really agree. And that's, it's still fun to watch, you know? And so I know you may have a couple hot takes, but I have, I have one last tidbit to share this week. And, uh, it's a way for fans to, uh, be able to enjoy Maverick games for the rest of this year. And, uh, I'm just going to share my, uh, online betting odyssey that I've been going on. (laughs) So, just a little tip of the week. It's really fascinating what they do now. You have a, they have live betting during the game. Right. Okay. And so, essentially the line will change according to, uh, however the game is progressing. So, we all know the map suck in the second half. It's just like every game is the same game. They, uh, by, by halftime, it's, uh, I don't know if it's, you want to say it's palatable or if it's within reach. And then the third and fourth quarters are just blowouts. And so what, uh, what I was hearing, sorry, my car is starting. <laughs> Uh, like, for instance, with the Mavs and Clippers the other night, it was a 10-and-a-half 10, 10 point line, but after the first quarter, it was 29-28 Mavs, and uh, the line dropped to 7-and-a-half. And I'm just like, I was sitting there, and I was like, this is a no-brainer. We're going to get blown out. But I just, got, <laughs> I just got three more points, so it's a safer yeah. bet if we make it right. close. And then boom, it was like a guaranteed win. And so if by chance the maths come back and win, you're obviously happy. But if the likely happens, you're happy again. So that is my tip of the week about how to get through this math season and hopefully, hopefully, uh, enjoy it a little more, you know, because, uh, because, you know, I've, I've reconciled this personally. It's like trading stocks, is really what you're doing, and we know the Mavs so well, where other teams don't. You could just take advantage of this skill,
1: So Yeah, I li- I, I like this little in-game betting and uh, take advantage of the Mavericks just not being very good and. Yeah. Uh, nice. Especially against a team like the Clippers. Like, I knew at some point that tidal wave was going to come. And, and sure enough it yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah. I think
0: there was uh, the other night even, uh, I think I bet on the Jazz and then the over. Because the over was 190. And I was like, you know, I could see this. It's just going to be a high-scoring game because there's no defense for the Mavs. And so, uh, yeah, I, I hit on both. It's almost That's- like easy mo- Easy money, so
1: <laughs> I dare Easy say. Money. Easy money, <laughs> betting yeah. against the Mavericks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the Mavs, but, um, you know, we know their yeah. personality. I think true fans know their team's personalities, and that's that's essentially where I'm going with this. And, right, um, right. Yeah. I'm not trying to encourage betting, maybe a little bit, but um, I'm just trying to give a silver lining to this you know, not to take this season so personally, because we already see, I don't want to say, oh, it's a lost season because there's plenty to gain, but it's an atypical season, and I think that's what people really need to digest.
1: Well, I think it's atypical for fans that are, little, are a little younger and are used to the dirt years where, oh, we got a chance to win a title every year. You know, we're yeah. in the mix every year. And, you know, for you and I, we remember the early 90s where – we were just god-awful, yeah. you know, and, and kind of had to build up. And, you know, it took a few drafts back then to get, you know, Jim Jackson and Jamal Mashburn, and then you get Jason Kidd, and it was Jason yep. Kidd that ended up being kind of the tipping point here. So, well,
0: and, yeah, and, you know, the thing is we're going to do the same. The, the three J's would have worked if we had the culture and coach in place that we do now, and right. I think that's, that's the takeaway here is that we're not looking at 10 years of, of futility because we already see Dennis Smith is legit and Rick Carlisle is going to develop him where, you know, honestly, if he went to a place like Orlando or somewhere else, maybe he doesn't develop, maybe he's, um, you know, he, he just creates bad habits and, you know, he's another yeah. one of those, you know, just another sad story about, you know, wrong place, wrong time, opposed to the opposite. So, um, anyways, what are your hot takes? Give me one.
1: Um, hot take? Well, you know, I wanted to talk about Nerlens Noel, and uh, and we touched on that a little bit. And uh, no, I mean, really, the thing I talked about was just the uh, the offense being just so bad, and and not being able to to uh, to score very much, or or at least kind of get uh, get a reliable score. I think the thing that I would like to see moving forward, I, I kind of wondered the other day if we needed to trade like, Barea and or Devin Harris Yeah, along with like a Wes Matthews and not because I don't like them I actually really like all three of those guys as guys, you know I, I think they're all good character guys you know, like you said earlier this as a team that these that are root for But when we go on these runs sometimes in games, it's entirely fueled by one of those guys getting the hot hand. Right. And if we're not building towards the future, like those guys aren't a part of the Mavericks' future. Right. So I almost would rather see, I I would love it, and maybe this will change a little bit when Seth Curry eventually comes back, but I want to see those runs happen because Seth Curry gets hot not because J.J. Right. Barea just kind of does J.J. J. Barea thing. And so I, I started to wonder if we need to kind of move those guys, not because they're bad, but because it's like, is this helping us move forward?
0: Well, I appreciate the thought, but <laughs> that's uh, – what's that similar to? I mean, it's – I think they'd move the whole roster if they could. There's just – Who's yeah. the take who's the taker for eighteen million a year for Wesley Matthews? You know who, Right, right. Even even I think Berea stays for Dirk. Dirk is just like, look, he's making four million a year. He's he's my guy on the pick and roll. I you know, don't make this any more miserable than it needs to be. And so Berea's not going anywhere. Um I, Wes Matthews I'm not picking on him, but Dwight Powell and uh, Devin Harris. Devin Harris has very little trade value. Right? He's only making I think like two million a year. Yeah, I think yeah. you're really looking at Dwight Powell and Wes Matthews, and those two guys. We would give them away since last year. It, I think I think there's been a lot of resistance, like oh, Wes is a culture guy, is a culture guy, all this great stuff. I, I don't know how that works right now, playing time. I know he is playing well. Dwight Powell's actually playing better than last year, for whatever that's worth. I think Dwight Powell is the guy they would trade, um, and I just don't think there's a taker, you know?
1: Yeah, I think they like Dwight Powell a lot, you know, and they still see him as something useful, and I think he's got, you know, a relatively friendly contract. You know, Uh, I don't think that's a crazy contract for him, but you're right. It's got to be the exact, uh, right situation. I don't think any contender out there is looking at this roster and going, we're just Dwight Powell away from winning a title, you know, like that's not, that's not happening.
0: Nobody is. Yeah. If anything, he's a salary dump and that's it. And, and you know, I don't know. I I don't know who, who even wants him. Like, you know, Wes Matthews is the same. I mean, $18 million. I, I just...
1: Well, but that's if, where I think. I think, and I, I get what you're saying about uh Berea being kept around because, you know, uh, but I think Berea has some value because he can come in and really score the basketball. And so for, I, there, there are teams out there that I think would maybe want him because he could kind of come in and fill it up off your bench
0: i I agree with you to a point, my counter to that is I wonder how scarty is from that Minnesota experience reputation wise because he's only been awesome in Dallas, and that's yeah. it you that's know true. and that's
1: I true.
0: wonder if teams are like, he's a system guy, you know they they we've tried that route before, it didn't work, and so I'm just kind of i don't have a lot of hope that. Again, the value is high because of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a trade out there. If anything, it's a stretch thing. And and if you're stretching them, cutting them, and stretching the contract, it's like, what's the point of that? I mean, you still need body. Yeah.
1: No. I don't want to just. I don't want to just dump these guys for nothing. You know? Yeah. My thought my thought was really. I don't know how much this helps us developmentally, but maybe that gets worked out as the season goes on from a playing time perspective. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, some of these younger guys just yeah playing. Time. You know, Yogi's another guy we haven't talked about, but I mean, he's still relatively young. and I Yeah. Think he's, he's still performing well in, in his role. I think,
0: you know, Yogi's a guy that every time I see him out there, I'm kind of like, eh, I'd love those minutes to go to somebody else. Like I just, even though he's young and developing, like, you just know. Is he an ace man at best on a really good team? Like, maybe? I, I just, I don't I have a lot
1: of... In Dallas, he is the heir to the J.J. J. Barea throne.
0: Yeah. I man, think that's really the is.
1: upside. Is It's like when Barea, you know, uh, retires or, or whatever, I think... Uh, I think your backup point guard and and your kind of spark plug off the bench because he has a lot of those same qualities of being able to you know, catch fire and and just hit shots over guys and it's just yeah. unlikely plays. So
0: okay, that's fair. You've turned me on my uh, my negativity towards Yogi. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess sometimes when it's like him and JJ and Devin and you're just. You're just kind of like, well, I, I, I just want to see, I just want to see Dennis Smith Jr. play. <laughs> right,
1: right, yeah. No, I get. It. I mean, yeah, I look out there sometimes, and yeah, I definitely want to see just Dennis Smith play 48 minutes a game
0: and get yeah. better at
1: basketball.
0: It's really tough, and so like, so last week I predicted we'd be three and zero. Yeah, that um, that didn't happen. I tell you what, when we uh. <laughs> Excuse me. We were making it close with Memphis when we came back. I felt really good about that. <laughs> about, I think we. I mean, we lost by five. It was really a last-second
1: shot. Yeah, we. Had, I think we had up. a yeah. chance to tie or something down the yep. stretch, and, and yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah, so I agree.
0: I was, I was feeling good, and then we lost by two by to Philly. So it was sort of like this. All right, all right. We're about to break through. And then, um, then Jazz Clippers were just uh, – uh, there just wasn't a lot of fight there in the second half for both games.
1: Well, in so, the Jazz, j- Jazz. it was more the fourth quarter. I think it came down to the fourth quarter, and then it kind of fell apart. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, right. uh, cool. yeah, the Clippers, it was like, oh, hey, we're up early. Okay, look at this. And then second quarter, third quarter, okay, this is a blowout. You know? like yeah. Yeah.
0: It was unfortunate.
1: And so um so coming up this week tonight they got uh the Pelicans. Yep, know. Pelicans in Dallas, yeah. And then they go on the road on a back-to-back tomorrow to Minnesota. Hmm. And then I believe it's Monday or Tuesday against the Wizards before they get like a 3-day break. And the Cavaliers, who are struggling quite a bit, coming to da- they'll come to Dallas next Saturday, so we'll be we'll have another podcast before that Cavs game for sure. But okay, so we're like, really
0: just looking at two games,
1: uh, three games: Pelicans, Timberwolves, and Wizards.
0: Yeah, so we're,
1: I mean, we're probably looking at two and three, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think. I'm going to, I don't know. I think we get, I don't think we are be the wizards. I think the wizards are pretty good. I, I'm going to say we're going to get one of the next two, either the Pelicans or the Wolves. I think, the, I think the Mavericks pull one of those out.
0: Oh, Bulls. I thought you said two Wolves.
1: No, I did say two Wolves.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: the Wolves,
0: not Bulls. I said Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have a chance against either of those teams. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's real simple. Uh, I just, the rebounding is going to kill us against New Orleans. I I just think those two guys, I mean, to their credit, this isn't a Dallas problem. Like New Orleans is, their two towers are scoring 30 a game. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. So 30 um, each. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just think the rebounding is going to be really rough against the Pelicans. Um You know, the Wizards lost to the Suns the other day. You never know what you get with the Wizards. So maybe that's the one where we have, where we sneak in because they don't really have a dominant force inside. And so when we match up well with the guards, I really don't, I I don't mind the matchup. It's more so when they're big. like, I think, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is obviously going to have a huge game against us. And it's just, you know, that, that's, that's pretty tough. That's, Which, uh, by the was... way,
1: just, just what you're talking about right now, I mean, that's a pretty big indictment of Nerland's Noel because yeah, having, yeah. having him on the roster is, should be like, okay, well, we, you know, he can contain Davis or Cousins. The problem is there's two of them, you know? That's like, right. Yeah. And you're not, you're not saying that or it's like, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Well, but Nerland's can slow him down. Like instead, yeah. like they're going to have 40 and 20 against us. You know, well, it kind of the, the take. You're you're right. And and you know, last year when
0: we got in Orleans, that was my mindset. I was just yeah. like, Oh, great, we have because he looks a part of the athletic center of the future. And I mean, uh, I, I I think it's a mental thing. I think he wants to be and be so badly that he's just I don't I don't know what it is that that's holding him back, but he's just been clearly inconsistent. I, I just don't think it's, Oh, he, you know, he doesn't want to be here. or Oh, Rick's in his head or Oh, something like that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I think it's just,
1: it's well, there's pretty else. clearly whether he's influenced by others or whether it's just him, there's, there's a real lack of self-awareness here because not only do they turn down the big contract for the Mavericks, I mean, nobody offered them anything. Yeah. And so then they have to sign a $4 million deal to come back to Dallas and become an unrestricted free agent next year. And, yeah, you're not, uh, again, I mean, we've said it before, but he's not doing anything at this point in the season to to get even that same contract offer that he had last year. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's really true. Uh, Last year's deal was based on potential, really.
1: Yeah, and I think – I think over the summer if we had heard that 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 news be 4 for 70 or whatever it was I, I don't think we would have complained a whole lot about that. I think we would have been okay with that deal at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, but, not at
1: all. Yeah. Now it's like, well, we dodged the bullet there. I would have been okay with 4 for
0: 80, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, as always, we'll see how this plays out, but um Yeah. By next week, we might have to add an around the NBA segment
1: to our show because uh, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of good stuff going on in the NBA. Yeah, and, there's uh, only uh, so much. If the keeps losing, we can. Uh, yeah, we can only say so much there. That's, that's a fair point. Fair yeah, point. yeah. So, look forward to that,
0: fans. Um, what else? You got any more takes, or we want to wrap? No, this up? I think
1: I think we're good. I think we're yeah.
0: good. All right. So until next week continue to tweet and email us. Uh let's see here we are at the Mavs Podcast and uh Mavs podcast at gmail dot com. I am Al Sitam, you are Matt Sitam. And uh until next week, go Mavs. Go Mavs.